0: force and come back Mm -hmm. like a boomerang Mm -hmm. almost and just knock you Um, and the one you did about where you just did it so gently and opened opened yourself Mm. Um, seemed like peace you know like you could be at peace with something Mm. so I thought ooh here's something interesting Mm. (laughs) So um, I was hoping you could speak to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I also wanted to mention that for me, the the other
1: talk about... Hold it a little bit closer because I'm struggling oh, sorry. to sorry. Yeah,
0: I wanted to mention that, that the other talk about, um, you know, it's about knowing how interconnected we are and then also the state of the world that for me then... It brings up a lot of anxiety and panic, almost, and that um, sometimes I don't know where, what, where to go from there. I just you have to kind of be with the panic for a while, and then whew, gratefully passes. Uh, two things came mm-hmm. up. So maybe I'll speak to the first part. You, you speak you to the second
1: part.
2: Maybe you
1: can put this put it into put one it together. Yeah. <clears throat> so in terms of the the letting go, you know, su- um, our 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 kind of instinctual reactions are, are to are to grasp and push away. This is what we do. We want that. We don't want that. Like that. Don't like that. And what the Buddha is pointing out is that that those. Those motions, those movements, or those relationships to, to life keep us caught because there are always things that are good, enjoyable and nice, there are always things that are painful and difficult. You, you cannot get one without the other. They, they both come along It's kind of part of life's package. And so he's pointing to the, to the way out of that is to let go of the attachment to, I mean, ultimately it's the attachment to a sense of separate self. I mean, ultimately that's what he's pointing to. And, but it's also letting go of the of the wish to to have only comfort and only pleasure and only happiness, and to get rid of anything that's difficult or unpleasant or makes us unhappy. To let go of that basic desire for um, everything to be good all the time, <laughs> and then you know, and it's it's tricky because we rationally we know of course it's not going to be good all the time, you know, but but. Instinctually and emotionally, we want it to be good all the time. So when things, are, so for example, if there's if there's pain, whether it's emotional pain or physical pain, we don't want it. You know, we don't want to have pain. We want to get rid of it. So um, you know, as long as we want to get rid of it, there's still attachment in that. So it, I, I was quite interested when I first heard about this. I always thought attachment was about having and holding on to but it's also about trying to get rid of so it's like sticky i want to get rid of that thing but it sticks to us they can't get rid of it and so letting go is like acknowledging right now it's like this right now it's like this and and it's changing and with pain i've investigated with pain i haven't got i don't have I experienced chronic pain except for very very long time ago before i was practicing but you know with pain you can feel like Oh, God, you know, it's just never going to go away. It's like this all the time. But then if you're really with it, if you're really present, if you, if you focus, it's, it's, like, it's like that. It's changing all the time. So then even just knowing that it's not a solid, absolute reality, it's, it's, it's vibration, it's moving, it's coming up, going down. There's moments when it, it's not happening, maybe when you're asleep even, you know, then it's like, oh, it's not permanent So it's kind of bringing the, the the, the supports to letting go, bringing those reflections of it's not, it's changing. It's not who and what I am. It's not an absolute part of who and what I am. And it's Dukkha. It's those three characteristics that, that are liberating. So in letting go, in letting go like that, if that's my pain, there it is. It's there. It's like this. It feels like this. It looks like this. I don't know how long it's going to be here for. And it's like this. Mm-hmm. And then I and then I get to know it. I, I get intimate with it <coughs> in a way that's that I can't do if I'm grasping it or, or I'm, I'm trying to get rid of it. So just that, that very relationship of wanting to get rid of is keeping us caught. So... Uh, you know, and it's, it's a place that you have to explore to find that place. And sometimes we just have to go through a lot of clinging and, and exasperation before something just kind of goes poop. you know, and it's like, oh, that's what it is. How did I not see that before, you know? Sometimes it's like that. But I think if you look in your life, you'll, you'll see times when there's been a letting go around. In fact, I know there has been around uh, really difficult situations. You know, where, where what seemed like it was completely stuck and, and kind of impossible has just shifted, not because the situation has changed, but because the, re- the heart's relationship to it has changed. So sometimes it's helpful just to remember, you know, to, to recollect a situation that's already happened, and, oh, how was that? Oh, yeah, it was, it was like the pain was there, and yet it was okay. It's kind of like that. And then just remembering a situation that's happened before can help. It's like reminding the heart what to do. And then there's the big, you know, the huge (laughs) situation of, of climate disaster that we're in as a species. As many, as all species, really, all species are in it. We have a large part to play in it. We have, perhaps, we have some... Um agency to change it we're not sure um, it's you know it's it's very frightening when we when we realize that we're not in control when we can't make it all right, and we know what 's wrong and we know what should happen and we can do what we can do and we can't make it right, necessarily. We might be able to, we actually don't know. You've got to do what you can. Um, it brings up a lot of, can bring up terror, or panic, because there's a realisation of like, oh my God, you know, this is really out of control. And, I mean, I don't want to, <laughs> but you know, like, the, the it could be the end of the human race, it could be the end of life on earth, you know, who knows. And really you know well there's 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 when you really connect with that there's the there's the fear and then there's also like what can i do what can i do even if it's even if it is too late we can't actually know if it's too late or not but even if it is what can i do just to make an effort just to try to help change things around and joanna macy does a beautiful exercise where she gets people to sit in pairs and dyads and And there's one person from now, this time. And then the person that you're sitting with is from seven generations in the future. And you have a conversation together. So I got to do this on a retreat with her, and I I got to sit in the seven generations in the future position. And it it was very powerful, because the person in the seven generations in the future is saying, Oh, you're from that time when things were so crazy and there was that uh, and corporations were running the world and they had no regard for human beings or for life and and it was and it looked so impossible and yet, you know, somehow enough people changed things that, that we were able to continue. And thanks to you in your time, my generation seven generations later is able to leave. And and it was kind of an awesome experience, in, in the true sense of the word, to be in that position of of somebody who's able to be here because people have actually not just given up at that crazy time that we are in now and have done what they can, have, have collected together, have spoken their voices have signed petitions, have gone on marches, have changed their lifestyle You know whatever it is that you can do, spoken to other people about it and whatever it is you can do that those people at this time, and somehow and being in that seven generations on it was like it looked so impossible how did you manage to do it thank you you know it was like that so who knows who knows if there will be seven generations on of human beings or not in this planet we're in this situation now but what is really important is to not turn away from it and so when the panic comes You know, there's a a practice, um, I hope this doesn't make you more nervous, but there's there's a practice with with contemplation of death, which I I find very helpful, because the truth is we're all going to die. Everybody here in this room is going to die. There's no way around that. One way or another at some time, could be like in five seconds, it could be in 50 years, we're not going to live forever. Nobody in this room is going to live forever, and that's a fact. And we tend to live in a state of denial of, 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 you know, wanting to live forever, be somebody forever. And even if we don't think of it consciously, we we don't want to think about us ending and dying. So, but the fact is we're going to die. It's real sometime. And there's there's this two um, different meditations with the breath. And uh, one is, the one I use more, because I'm a more sleepy kind of character. (laughs) If you're a little bit more kind of a sleepy kind of, zoning out type then you do it with the in-breath you contemplate this could be my last breath with the in-breath and then for me that gives me energy it's like oh I want to be here you know I, this could be my last breath I, I want to show up if you but if you have like more anxiety and, and fear then with the out breath so you're so you're obviously you're breathing in and breathing out but you put attention on the out breath and you just reflect with the out breath this could be my last breath and you let go with that breath just one breath at a time you let go let go because as we breathe out we are letting go naturally the body is letting go and really you know if you're really with the breath you don't know as when when you let go the breath ends there's a little moment where there's nothing happening we haven't breathed in yet and it's like in that moment there's this kind of big question mark of like is there going to be another breath don't know And then up till now, there's another breath. But at some point, there won't be. At some point, that will be the last breath. So that practice, I would really recommend it. Just like with the out breath, this could be my last breath. Or just you can just use the words letting go. And just to to get familiar with that feeling of, of release, which is happening anyway, the body's doing it anyway. And that gives a certain kind of... Ease and and comfort with the reality of that we're going to have to let it all go. We have to, we're going to have to let all of this go, at some point. So it's a combination of, you know, not going to sleep to the situation and, and doing what we can, and realizing that, it's, you know, we're going to die. Each of us, and it's okay. It's meant to be like that, and. But out of love and compassion for, for other beings, we want open to the, open the way. So it's kind of holding both of those. Yeah. Who's, um, where's the mic? Yes, pl- yes. Yes. Please go ahead. Who's got the microphone actually? Okay. That's
3: two. Awesome. Um, thank it. you so much for being here. A pleasure. Um, I've noticed that um, many things I can be grateful for in isolation and then I learn something that makes me compare myself to somebody else and suddenly I'm not so grateful. Um, mm-hmm. And in my situation it even has a little bit of, bit of an overlay of um, for example at work um, men being paid more Similar things, and there's a sense of I don't want to be taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if I weren't comparing myself, it would be I would be quite grateful. And I'm wondering of your thoughts on that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I think uh, is 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 you know you can see it from many different angles. I think and and uh, you know from seeing looking at it in terms of you know men getting more paid than women. I think that's not okay and but that's the way you know how it is in our society in some places and then I think we do what we can to change that I think but then at at the same time also you know contemplating that you do have a job and you are getting or quite okay paid as opposed to other people who don't have a job who who don't have an income so you you see you know from both sides I think and and uh, do what you can to you know, make this a more just uh, society, but at the same time, uh, you know, not completely yeah, exhausting yourself with that. I think where you can make a difference, you you do that, and where you can't make a difference, you you work more with the gratitude. I think this this um, there's this Christian prayer. I don't know if it's called the um, you know uh, knowing. Serenity prayer? Serenity prayer. Knowing, you know, what can be changed and change that and be economist with that which can't be changed. So it's… it's having a the wisdom to know the difference. And having the wisdom to <laughs> know the difference, yeah, exactly. So that's, you know, this… Uh, that's the practice, really, you know. So, you know, if somebody is very sick, I'm not going to say, oh, he's going to die anyway, I don't need to care. Caring, you know, as much as we can and then, when it's time to die, let go. And the same also, you know, with our environmental situation, we do what we can and we care, but we also know that everything is changing and, you know, we don't know what the future holds, but we can do the best in the present moment and out of that we gain the self-respect and the resilience to meet whatever happens next, you know. Yes. a little bit. Sure, we have very, very limited time oh, you know, and okay, i okay. I would make I keep it short okay. now we have only ten more minutes and so many people. please go ahead.
4: okay, uh we've been talking about gratitude and uh love and uh compassion and uh <coughs> empathy. Uh, I just want to know, are we born are we born with these qualities? or is it something that we learn? And if there are people who are not grateful and have difficulty with empathy, is there a way, or have you seen the way they learn to develop these qualities in life?
1: <laughs> it's funny enough, I just picked up a book in the, in the bookstore there that was particularly referring to that, and uh, I mm-hmm. thought, oh, I'd really like to read this. <laughs> 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 After I read it, I could tell you more clearly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what book you know, was I, it? Think, uh, I think, I um, think, I, when you're speaking, I'm just was thinking of a baby, You know, a baby looking into its mother's eyes, there's, there's love there. When, when a mother and a baby are gazing at each other, there's love there. And so I think we're, we're you know, love is, is part of our being. I think without love, the, mammals wouldn't survive without love. I think it's part of, uh, of what we are. That, that, you know, without that, there wouldn't be a, you know, we wouldn't get past our babyhood. So I do think love and also you know coming together as, as couples and so on I think love is, is, is part of our being yeah and then there's like a, there's the love that's more that's more like you know to a particular person or particular uh, creature and then there's like a more expansive love that's that's like the love for all beings which I also feel is it's inherent actually I think it's really part of us but we forget because we get caught in the little story of me and mine and that shuts us down so um, I would say it's it's a natural part of our it's a natural part of consciousness actually and it's also a natural part of our our expression and empathy you know I I wonder if if we've been raised with with uh, no empathy maybe it's difficult to access it Um, but it it just like I don't remember the name of the book sorry but just skimming over this the contents of that book was very clearly saying you know if you if you have, have a, had social conditioning which does not support empathy then this is how you can learn it later so I, I think it's um i think it's natural and i think if you look at other other mammals you know that you see it it's not just a human thing that you see it in in other other mammals other creatures yeah there's something about hardening, that we harden and get separate and protected and then those things get stuck. And then if we can open and have a bit of vulnerability, then they flow.
4: Thank you.
2: Do you want to add anything? I mean, I just have r- heard about this experiment where they made experiment with toddlers, where they would sit the toddlers there and then one um, experimenter would hang up laundry. And then drop sometimes a piece of laundry, and the toddlers would immediately want to <laughs> help, you know, help to give even very, t- who, very, very young ones, you know. <laughs> and they really, <laughs> you know, were very kind of connected, you know. And then they feel good about themselves; they can help something. So, I think it's really innate, mm-hmm. but it can be conditioned out, you know, mm-hmm. if you grow up in a very harsh environment. But then we can re, re uh, f- find it a- again yeah, through training.
1: Yeah. Where's the there? Two people here.
3: I was. Uh, thank you for today. Um, I was wondering if you could speak to uh, fear, and I find that I have a really difficult time remaining present uh, when you know anxiety kicks in. There's fear. Um, and lately, I've been having to make a lot of decisions, and and the fear makes it challenging to kind of think about things rationally and make decisions and pick a direction and go, so I'll get paralyzed. Mm. Um, it's a very uncomfortable place to be in, and if you could speak to some advice, I'd appreciate that.
2: So... Um you know, for example, the word courage, you know, doesn't mean we don't have fear, but we are acting despite of it, you know, and the first thing is really to just find a way to, to be with the fear and, you know, and to just like breathe through it, really, and then, you know, find a, a decision we 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 make and and if it's the wrong decision, we can change again afterwards, and we can learn from it very often. You know, there is some decisions in which uh, when you make it, it's you know maybe you can't kind of um, you know reconsider, but this is very rare actually. Quite often, you know, we we just need to make a decision and then see the result and then adjust. You know, because not every decision is is about life and death. You know. Mm. And to just uh, have that courage, you know, to make a mistake and learn from it, and uh, you know, do the best you can, and then learn from it. Because I'm sure, uh, you know, many of you, including myself, have learned the most from the mistakes I've made, you know. And do
3: this is okay. Can I follow up with a question? Yes. Um. So. You know, when I find that I pick a dis- uh, pick a direction and go, I'll be constantly thinking about what if I had gone in a different direction. And that's a whole other type of discomfort and wasted energy. Um.
2: It's just this is just
3: doubt, you know. And
2: to just realize, I mean, for example, I know a very good example. Uh, you know, you you decide for a certain model of computer, and then you go ahead and purchase it and then after seeing, think I could have bought this one, I could have bought that one and all of that, <laughs> but you have that one you know, and you just put it down you know, because that is really just doubt, you know, you can't make the perfect decision foolproof forever, you know, and just seeing we have that wish you know, we have that dream, we could once for all sort out one issue <laughs> but it's it's just an idea, you know and i remember that years ago one of the monks in amaravati said that to me you know and i said yeah exactly this would i, would I have i would have done that constantly regretting that i've decided for that one you know <laughs> and i just really thought oh okay i'm not going to do this you know i'm just going to stick with the one i have and then you know if it turns out to be a really bad model next time i'm not going to make that decision Im- anymore you know I'm
1: learning from it yeah. Thank you, this thank you. Here. This one, right in front of you.
4: Uh, thank you for a great day today. Uh, what was said about um, capitalism and corporate uh, consumerism really resonated for me, um, and also the uh, touching on the link, linking that to our environmental crises, and uh, one one tension that comes up for me is that our, uh, in some ways our best opportunities to address our environmental crises are to play into the corporate consumerism game of let's sell as much solar energy as we can as fast as we can, but what ends up happening is you kind of, you're, you're buying into the same system. That created the problem in the first place, even though maybe your pro- your new solar energy product is is better than than the previous. Um, and so, I have a personal interest in this because I'm considering a career in that field. And I mm-hmm. but I I struggle with that, mm-hmm. and I sort of see the deeper maybe uh, currents as well of needing to to change our cultural approach to it. And so. I, Love to hear your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm.
1: I think we have to take things a step at a time, and I think uh, solar energy is an excellent next step because the alternatives are pretty awful. You know what we've been using, like fossil fuels, and then nuclear, and not good. You know, it's, it's not. It's time to stop using those, um, and we're all using them. You know, we all got here through using those. Probably everybody. Um, so, I feel like uh, solar. Is a, is, and wind and water, the they, um, renewable energies are very, very important. And also what's really important <coughs> is that we, we change our lifestyles. But I think if we're going to wait for everyone to change their, our li- their lifestyles, we might like be waiting while we burn ourselves off the planet. So I would say great that you're wanting to have a career in solar energy. Uh, awesome. And may you be very successful, and may many people, maybe even we will, <laughs> <laughs> purchase solar panels from your, you know, business, because it's it's a really good next step. And then we do, but we do need to, as a culture, look at our our expectations, you know, of, of what we consider normal. It's it's very very high. We have very very high expectations of what we can, you know, how comfortable we need to be, how warm, how cool, how well fed, how big a house. All of that is is way way. Unrealistic. I think I read s- recently that one American consumes, in a whole way, about the equivalent of thirty-three Kenyan people. So it's like it's totally outrageous. S- but start with the you know start with the transformation of, of what we're using, and then, meanwhile, we need to work on h- how much we're using. Yeah. Thank
2: you. Yeah. And in the last fifty years, we have consumed more resources than in all of history before, it's crazy no, really. and we would like to suggest you read this book this is by Tanisara who was a nun uh-huh. uh, with us in, in England in Amaravati many years ago it's called Time to Stand Up an Engaged Buddhist Manifesto for Our Earth the Buddha's Life and Message Through Feminine Eyes it's,
4: it's available
2: cute. here in the bookshop and also on um, on Amazon it's a very it's excellent, excellent book yeah, which mm-hmm. exactly discusses those questions in depth and with a lot of visionary wisdom and a lot of oomph, um, I would say. Mm. It's excellent, very inspiring, really. This is a former note
1: a moment. Yes. yes. She was one of the first four. To there f- It started with four women. She was one of those first four.
2: She's at the moment co-teaching a T- retreat right up here, the yeah. hill. A, she's a great yeah. teacher. Yes. Can Tenisura. It's it's called mm-hmm. time to stand up, and we're
1: gonna it's
2: gonna stay here. And it
1: looks like that any bigger. We should have got one out of the bookstore actually. It
2: looks sure. like that, just it has this size. It's right here in the bookstore. Yeah, yeah. lots
1: of. There
2: you go. Only fourteen dollars. <laughs> Fifteen, maybe. Fifteen, okay.
1: And she has a very deep practice, so it's got really profound dharma. It's got a lot of understanding of ecology. It's got a the the kind of. Corporate understanding—it's got—it's brilliant. She's weaving together so many different aspects of of reality of our it time. it be really good for you. Thank you. Mm. And I think we st- have to
2: now start with our Thanksgiving address, Sister. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want one more question. <laughs> we want to share with you this uh, Thanksgiving address. Greetings to the natural world from the. Haudenosaunee, or Iroquois, the six nations of Mohawk, Oneida, Cayuga, Onondaga, Seneca, and Tuscarora, people from upstate New York and from Canada. And where did you get this book? Where's this book from? That book is from uh, Gathering Tribes, which is a little shop in Albany by which is the shop of Penny Opal Plant, who is a First Nation activist
1: who uh, is on her way to Paris now, I think. She's a great leader. She's a wonderful, inspiring woman. She and her husband, they're both very engaged. And, you know, until today, you
2: know, First Nation people, before each council meeting, not just on a special day, they're using this Thanksgiving address as a way, you know, to honor the belonging to this vast web, and to recognize, you know, that we each have an essential role to play in the well-being of this vast web. And Anna and and myself, we're going to now read that out together. And it's called "Words Before All Else." And after each paragraph. We all say together now our minds are one. The first one is the people. Today we have gathered and we see that the cycles of life continue. We have been given the duty to live in balance and harmony with each other and all living things. So now we bring our minds together as one as we give greetings and thanks to each other as people. Now our our minds minds
1: are one. The Earth Mother. We are all thankful to our Mother, the Earth, for she gives us all that we need for life. She supports our feet as we walk upon her. It gives us joy that she continues to care for us as she has from the beginning of time. To our mother, we send greetings and thanks. Now Now our our minds minds are are one. one. The
2: waters. We give thanks to all the waters of the world for quenching our thirst and providing us with strength. Water is life. We know its powers in many forms, waterfalls and rain, mists and streams, rivers and oceans, With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to the spirit of water. Now Now our our minds minds
5: are one.
1: The fish. We turn our minds to all the fish life in the water. They were instructed to cleanse and purify the water. They also give themselves to us as food. We are grateful that we can still find pure water. So, We turn now to the fish and send our greetings and thanks. Now Now our our minds minds are are one.
2: The plants. Now we turn toward the vast fields of plant life. As far as the eye can see, the plants grow, working many wonders. They sustain many life forms. With our minds gathered together, we give thanks and look forward to seeing plant life for many generations to come. Now Now our minds are are
1: one. The Food Plants With one mind we turn to honour and thank all the food plants we harvest from the garden. Since the beginning of time, the grains, vegetables, beans and berries have helped the people survive. Many other living things draw strength from them too. We gather all the plant foods together as one, and we send them a greeting and thanks. Now, now our minds, minds are, are
2: one. The medicine herbs. now we turn to all the medicine herbs of the world. From the beginning, they were instructed to take away sickness. They are always waiting and ready to heal us. We are happy there, are still am- we are happy. they are still among us those special few who remember how to use these plants for healing. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to the medicines and to the keepers of the medicines. Now Now our minds minds are are one.
1: The Animals We gather our minds together to send greetings and thanks to all the animal life in the world. They have many things to teach us as people. We see them near our homes and in the deep forests. We are glad they are still here, and we hope that it will always be so. Now Now our our minds minds are are one.
2: one. The trees. We now turn our thoughts to the trees. The earth has many families of trees who have their own instructions and uses. Some provide us with shelter and shade, others with fruit, beauty and other useful things. Many peoples of the world use a tree as a symbol of peace and strength. With one mind, we greet and thank the tree
1: life. Now, now our minds, minds are, are one. one. The birds we put our minds together as one and thank all the birds who have moved who who move and fly about sorry. We put our minds together as one and thank all the birds who move and fly about over our heads. They have been given beautiful songs. Each day they remind us to enjoy and appreciate life. The eagle has chosen to be their leader. To all the birds, from the smallest to the largest, we send our joyful greetings and thanks. Now Now our our minds are are one.
2: The four winds... We are all thankful to the powers we know as the four winds. We hear their voices in the moving air as they refresh us and purify the air we breathe. They help to bring the change of seasons. From the four directions they come, bringing us messages and giving us strength. With one mind, we send our greetings and thanks to the four
1: winds. Now our minds are one. The thunders. Now we turn to the west where our grandfathers, the thunder beings, live. With lightning and thunderous voices, they bring with them the water that renews life. We bring our minds together as one and send greetings and thanks to our grandfathers, the thunderers. Now Now our our minds minds are are
2: one. The sun. We now send greetings and thanks to our eldest brother, the sun. Each day without fail, he travels the sky from east to west, bringing the light of a new day. He is the source of all the fires of life. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to our brother, the sun. Now Now our our minds minds are are one.
1: Grandmother Moon We put our minds together and give thanks to our oldest grandmother, the moon. Who lights the nighttime sky? She is the leader of all women all over the world, and she governs the movement of the ocean tides. By her changing face, we measure time, and it is the moon who watches over the arrival of children here on Earth. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to our grandmother, the moon. Now, now our, our minds, minds are one.
2: one. The stars. We give thanks to the stars who are spread across the sky like jewelry. We see them in the night, helping the moon to light the darkness and bringing dew to the gardens and growing things. When we travel at night, they guide us home. With our minds gathered together as one, we send greetings and thanks to all the stars.
1: Now Now our minds minds are are one. The Enlightened Teachers. We gather our minds to greet and thank the enlightened teachers who have come to help throughout the ages. When we forget how to live in harmony, they remind us of the way we were instructed to live as people. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to these caring teachers. Now Now, our minds are one. So now maybe, maybe we can sit for a few minutes. Yeah, I just, just want to say a little something just, okay. just in relation to the prayer. Um, I feel that it's through um, forgetting our, our connection with, with all things that we've become so crazy <laughs> as, a, as a species. As a, as a human race, and uh, even though some of those things may seem a little foreign, like thanking the moon, thanking the stars, and then you can start to rationalise it. Well, star, you know, think about what a star is, and because we 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 have so much kind of intellectual knowledge now, it's like the intellect has moved us away from the, in a way, the fabric of our our interconnection with all things, and, and in that, we've lost respect for the the whole picture. And um even it might seem a little foreign to be thinking in that way of like, thank you to the stars, thank you to the sun and, and referring to them as brothers and grandmothers and so on. It's like I really think it's very important to to come back to that. It's like there's a great depth of wisdom in the indigenous ways that has been lost and it's, I don't want to say that it was all perfect by any means but there's a great depth of wisdom that is that has been lost through our intellect taking over and so to just you know be humble enough to to think of the sun as a brother and the and the moon as a mother grandmother and the the stars as friends you know just to to and the and the creatures as our fellow beings trees as, I think of trees as people rocks as people they're as much people as we are the Buddha says that none of us are really ultimately people (laughs) on an ultimate level none of us are but on a relative level we all are not just humans so to reconnect with that truth is really really important and that will will guide us It, it supports us and guides us as we navigate these very challenging times I just wanted to say that So we've brought along some sheets of um, Sharing of Blessings chant that we do, which you're invited to take part in. You can take that paper back home if you like. You can send some that way. Yes, you're welcome to keep it, in- And I'll send this this way. And uh, some of them have a, <laughs> have a kind of um, a printing error, but I think your intuition will work <laughs> out what it says. <laughs> There's a few printing errors. Actually. This is the sharing of blessings where we, we recollect the, the goodness and the merits of our life and our practice. But it's also a very important practice to, to remember the goodness that we are living and the, you know, the, the truth that we're seeking. and to really bring to heart and mind the the energy the good energy that is that is cultivated when we meditate when we when we're generous when we ha- when we move towards or live from good ethics all of these things and, and when we restrain ourselves from wanting to do harm which you know comes up it's all good and en- it all creates good energy And we can share that for the benefit of all beings. Now let us chant the verses of sharing and aspiration Through the goodness that arises
5: from my practice May my spiritual teachers and guides of great virtue, my mother, my father, and my relatives, the sun and the moon, and all virtuous leaders of the world, may the highest lavers and evil forces, celestial beings, guardian spirits of the earth and the Lord of death, may those who are friendly, indifferent or hostile, may all beings receive the blessings of my life. May they soon attain the threefold bliss and realize the deathless through the goodness that arises from my practice and through this act of sharing, may all desires and attachments quickly cease and all harmful states of mind until I realize Nibbana in every kind of birth. May I have an upright mind with mindfulness and wisdom, austerity and vigor. May the forces of delusion not take hold nor weaken my resolve. The Buddha is my excellent refuge. Unsurpassed is the protection of the Dhamma. The solitary Buddha is my noble guide. The Sangha is my supreme support. Through the supreme power of all these, may darkness and delusion be dispelled.
1: So let's just sit.
4: Thank you for listening.